Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 117. The Sinestro Spotlight slash Conversation episode. Yes, we'll we'll call it Spotlight for legal purposes, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, tonight we're going to take an episode aside and just, just have like a nice, healthy conversation about Sinestro and just see wherever that goes. Uh, everybody's been wanting this for a long time, right? 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 Everybody excited? Awesome? Awesome? Yeah. God. We're really plowing through this stuff. I mean, we got a Rebirth episode. We're doing a Sinestro spotlight. I know. We really should go off the rails at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we owe it to them. Yeah, we we have we have to keep these people's expectations in check. Otherwise, they're gonna they're gonna expect on time releases. They're gonna expect quality recordings. It's, <laughs> it's, we 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 can't be having this. I have enough to do. Uh, all right. So anyway, let's just let's get right into it. So we're talking about Sinestro. Now, I I want to know what was what was everybody's. We can go around the figurative room here and and just. What was everybody's first exposure to Sinestro? When was the first time you saw this character, uh, Jim? Uh, first exposure to Sinestro. Um, I mean, I guess it would have to be Super Friends. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, what it comes right down to is that's where I was, you know, that I first saw Sinestro. I mean, like, him as a character didn't really mean much to me at that time. Um, I mean, neither did Green Lantern for the most part. Um, it, it wasn't until, I don't, I don't even know when I found out about like, you know, what Sinestro was all about. I think it, I found out about it like well before I really got into Green Lantern. Um, I don't know how, but, uh, I did. So somewhere in there. Yeah. Mine was super friends as well. And it's it's so weird to think about because you know at the time the the super friends themselves had I don't know the actual number but it seemed like a couple dozen members and they always used to you know they would favor the popular characters so you know Superman Batman Robin and Wonder Woman would be in every adventure and they would they would uh, have to incorporate the characters they made up for the show like like Samurai and Apache Chief and Black <laughs> Vulcan, and then they would trickle in like, oh, here's the Flash, or oh, here's Hawkman, and every once in a while you would get Green Lantern. Whereas on the villain side, because the Legion of Doom only had 13 characters, then those were all of the villains for the show. Sinestro, like, Sinestro was on this show like a hundred times more often than Green Lantern was. And like, I didn't even realize until looking back on it when thinking about this that I saw this guy a lot growing up. And like like you, he didn't really make that great an impression because I, I really wasn't even sure what all his power was because it was like, I don't, like Super Friends, at least for me, didn't do a great job of explaining exactly like, like what the hell. Because to me, like Sinestro was the guy who would show up and every now and then oh, now there's a yellow snake in the room, or now there's a yellow dinosaur in the room. Like, what the... What? <laughs> what um, is he doing? I don't get it. Um, Chad, 
I know your first Green Lantern story was Rebirth. Was that also your first kind of Sinestro encounter? Uh, to any extent in which I cared about the character and wanted to learn more, yes. But before that, it was actually the uh, Justice League uh, slash Justice League Unlimited series. Um, I don't, at least to my memory, because I don't know if I'm getting Alzheimer's or what, but I can't really remember too much of my childhood. I don't think I've ever seen Super Friends, not quite sure, maybe late night surfing through TV or something like that. But for the most part, my my exposure to Sinestro came from the Justice League series. And um, he wasn't my favorite. He wasn't interested. But one thing I re- really remember is when I heard his voice, in that, in those uh, that few episodes that he did show up and actually spoke, um, even then I kind of felt that's not Sinestro's voice. Like I, I thought, like that that sh- that that voice didn't fit that character. I don't even think I, if I even said, "Oh, look, there's Sinestro." I just saw you know some guy with a power ring, and I thought, okay, guy with yellow power ring must obviously be the enemy of this guy with the green power ring. The same way you see. I don't know, uh, Cheetah or something going up against Wonder Woman, that kind of stuff. So the only villains I ever really cared about in that series were the ones that were recurring all the time, like Morgan Le Fay and Gorilla Grodd and that kind of stuff. Um, and like you said, every once in a while you would see a yellow dinosaur in the room or something. Well, in yeah. Justice League, every once in a while you would see someone... You know, Green Lantern's firing a green uh, laser beam, then some dude is firing a yellow laser beam. You know, you know that's that's somebody for them to fight uh, while the whole room goes nuts. So that was really my first exposure to Sinestro on any level. But as far as caring about the character and wanting to learn more and figure out what he's all about, yeah, it came with Rebirth. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fitting that like we're talking about him in like this way right now because like. Like, when I was thinking about, like, okay, we're going to do a Sinestro episode and just talk about Sinestro, like, what the hell are we going to talk about with Sinestro? <laughs> he's, he's one of those characters who's been around so long, it's like, what do you say about him? But, like, at least to me, I think, like, the most interesting thing to delve into with this character is, is the dramatic difference between how he initially was and how he is today. Because, I mean... It's, he first appeared in Green Lantern number seven back in 1961, where like he was created by John Broom and Gil Kane. And you know, in his first appearance, he was, you know, he was already the villain first of all, and he, he made a a pretty good first impression as, as bad guys go too. Is he, you know, his debut story had him kind of successfully kidnapping a hundred thousand people, <laughs> uh, but, but like he went through this whole whole stretch of years, like almost, I'll say almost the whole Silver Age, at least up through the crisis, where he was just, you know, he, I've said it before, he kind of was what you get on TV, you know, he was kind of the mustache twirling, typical bad guy, you know, every few issues, there'd be another one or two issue Sinestro story, and then he'd be gone for a while, and then he'd come back, and you know, he's your episodic kind of villain of the week, arch nemesis. What was cool about Green Lantern number seven, because I have the the first volume at least mm-hmm. of the Green Lantern omnibus, is I like how they mm-hmm. at the in the very first episodes or very first uh, appearance of him rather they set up the fact that he was once a Green Lantern. 
that, that I think I think that's unique. I mean, I'm not quite sure. Like, I'm not quite caught up on the exact. Like, I haven't read all of the first of Silver Age appearances of like the Flash and all that kind of stuff, and you know their first villains and first appearances and all that kind of stuff. But I think Sinestro, be, once being a Green Lantern, was fairly unique at the time for a villain, at least in my mind. If I'm, I mean, at least from what I know, that's 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 fairly unique that someone was once. Uh, a good guy, not only not only a good guy, but a member of the same whatever, whether it's be Justice League or Green Lantern Corps, the same team as the hero of our story is. I think that was that was fairly unique at the time. I could be wrong. Well, I, I don't I don't necessarily know how unique it is as, as a concept only because like um, I don't know like most most characters would have you know it, the concept of a villain cut from the same cloth that um, makes them more relatable to the hero um, but yeah I mean like having the, the concept of Green Lantern as they revamped it you know for Hal Jordan where you have a bunch of space cops you know, having uh, one of the space cops go rogue, um, you know that that was that that in itself as a space cop concept was a, a new take on that plot twist. Hmm. Makes me kind of wonder how essential it was to make Sinestro. You know, they they always blatantly say like Sinestro was the greatest of the Green Lanterns, and like maybe that was in at least in a way kind of. They kind of needed that to justify why all of the other Green Lanterns, period, could like couldn't just catch him. Uh, that's probably me just like projecting retroactively on that. <laughs> I'll take my no prize, please. <laughs> well, uh, you did know, they ever? Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, the other concept is it's uh, it always shows the contrast. It's like he was one of the greatest, so. You know, no matter how great you are as a Green Lantern, you can still fall pretty far. Did they ever explain? Because I I didn't read it real thoroughly recently. Did they ever explain where he got his yellow ring from in that original story? Uh, they I, they set it up for as the the Guardians pretty early on. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know that. But like in that first story. I don't remember if it was, like, in his initial issue explained where it was. But uh, I know they eventually went back and said, like, you know, um, uh, the Quardians hated the Guardians of the Universe, and uh, and you know, they banished Sinestro to Quard to try and, like, kind of humble him, because, you know, we're going to make the greatest Green Lantern have to, you know, strip him of his power and make him live on a world where everybody hates Green Lanterns. And instead, like, he gets them to... To, he forms an alliance with them and gets them to build him a ring, a buttload of rings actually, because it's something. Because they really do like as serious as they do keep Sinestro in these early days. Like they do a lot of crazy shit with him. Like like there's at least two, three or four times I found where he's gotten out of traps by using like a spare yellow ring he kept in his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Oh, it's awesome. Uh, what you call it? For the record, the 
Guardians actually predated Sinestro. Yeah. Yeah, I, is that the... I forget I what number... That. It's that a cover where uh, the weaponer... Like, one of the weaponers is, like, on a hill, and he's throwing a lightning bolt at Hal, who's under him. Yeah, number two. Ah, oh, that was it. Number two. My second guess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now, spe- let's... Speaking of Sinestro getting out of shit, all right, <laughs> like this character, okay, I mean, usually like your typical villain, where there'd be a supervillain or a bank robber or anybody a superhero usually comes into conflict with, you, you take care of them and usually ship them off to prison or some prison equivalent, right? Sinestro, like, I don't know if it's just because they wanted to play up the cosmic angle of, like, space aliens and the Guardians and all that crap, but, but Sinestro, <clears throat> like, they did some weird shit to take him off the board every now and then. Like, I mean, we know, we know, like, the stuff that always gets referenced. Like, he was, he was exiled to the antimatter universe of Quard a couple times. He was put in the central battery once or twice. Um, you know, he was locked in science cells on Oa sometimes. <clears throat> like there was also this other this one time <laughs> where he was locked in a capsule and exiled to an eighteen billion year orbit of the universe. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the the ring in his shoe escape tricks, but like, like what the hell? <laughs> uh, I feel like somewhere there was like a big dartboard they just threw stuff at and said, "Okay, eighteen billion year orbit, we're gonna do that one this time." <laughs> um, uh, there was another instance where he was imprisoned on this this uh, uninhabited world and kept there by a mind control machine. <laughs> Which, yep, yeah, that's another thing. We think of Sinestro, we think of Yellow Power Rings. He used mind control a ridiculously large amount. Like, he, he, he sometimes he even used the same mind control machine that they used to trap him. Like, he was always trying to brainwash people, or he was uh, impersonating other people, and most of it was just to dick around with Hal Jordan, because he just hated this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um... Did it ever say why he hated? Because I guess I'm not too up on my Silver Age old school stuff as I as I should be, or as I like to think I am. But did it ever say why he targeted Hal Jordan? I mean, like he hates the core. He's from a different sector. Why why go after Hal specifically? I mean, I guess I guess it doesn't really matter considering at the time they just really needed a villain. So. Yeah. X Green Lantern versus New Green Lantern go, but like his reasoning for targeting Hal specifically, or did it just like he's targeting the core, Hal happens to be there, defeats him once, and then from that moment on, Hal is his mortal enemy. I think the direction the direction at least from why I was able to gather together they went in was that um alright, Sinestro Sinestro and the Guardians hate the core. And here's Hal Jordan, who's the new greatest Green Lantern. So you know you wanna you wanna you wanna strike at the core, strike at their best. You know, so that's why Hal became his immediate target, and like their rivalry just kind of sprung up from there. Um, but I think that the 
the reasoning for the house national rivalry rivalry how stupid language uh actually became more justified after crisis on infinite earths where uh we got Emerald Dawn and a uh, revision to the whole Sinestro Hal Jordan timeline. Right. Which you know I've never actually re- have I? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm gonna, sure. I'm you, gonna have to. I'm you've have to read it. <laughs> I have. I decree you have read it. <laughs> I know I have Emerald Dawn too, like in issues, but I don't know if I've. I'm gonna have to check my trades. I don't know. Yeah. Now, now, Jim, because you've been quiet, okay. what do you think? What do you think of that? The concept of a. Uh, Changing when Sinestro's fall happens so that Hal Jordan can be like a key instrument in his downfall. Um, I think I think it works because it it ties the characters together better than in the past, where it was like more of an ego thing <clears throat> that you know, oh, you know, they're gonna show shove this guy at me. Well, I'm gonna show him that you know. He can't push Sinestro around, and yet he could because he was like the new champion of the Green Lanterns. Um, I, I feel like you know before the the nineties reboot, um, it was uh, it was kind of a nebulous connection that they had. Whereas you know when you tie it together and make Hal Jordan the reason why Sinestro got kicked out of the, the Green Lantern Corps. Um, you know, the reason why all of a sudden now the Guardians are going to take notice of this stuff, it uh, it definitely strengthens the bond of Arch, Arch Enemy. Yeah. Hmm. It also, like, I think Emerald Dawn is also kind of the first inkling of the modern Sinestro that we have today. Because, I mean, this is... This is where our first in Air Bunny's introduction to the character was during his days as a Green Lantern, for one thing. Like <clears throat> he hadn't fallen from grace just yet, um, and like just like Hal Jordan, like the reader got to be a part of that. We got to experience that kind of with him, and you know, it, it gave some new touches. Like there was a scene towards the end of it where they're, um, I forget, this is probably in Emerald Dawn two or something, uh, where you know they're having the trial. And uh, Cat Matui is brought to Oa to kind of testify against Sinestro. And he, like, there's this look on his face. He seems genuinely hurt that she's saying all this bad crap about him. So it's like, I, they still, like, they still keep him like, this is the bad guy, but this is the bad guy who felt betrayed. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, it, it's, I think it's kind of interesting how over time they keep you know, refreshing Sinestro's introduction, and each time he kind of, they kind of, they seem to kind of want to make him more and more of this humanized guy people can kind of understand and sympathize with. You know, I mean, first, first he was like a the straight up supervillain, you know, the bad version of Green Lantern. You know, the Flash had Reverse Flash, Green Lantern has Yellow Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, we found out stuff about him along the way and through flashbacks and stuff. And, then Emerald Dawn comes along, and we get to see his backstory actually play out in front of us. We see a couple of scenes where he reacts like a bad guy normally wouldn't. And then Jeff Johns comes around and shows us his backstory again, but this time he replaces a lot of the cliche bad guy stuff with some more rounded-out personality. 
it makes me kind of wonder what Sinestro is going to look like in 20 years. Well, speaking of Jeff Jones and Sinestro, aren't we kind of due for a, uh, a secret origin type story of Sinestro? Didn't he say he was going to do that? <laughs> yeah, he also said Rage K was going to fight Crypto, didn't he? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll happen at some point. But uh, I mean, as far as changing the character of Sinestro in general, uh, I think, I think where they've got him at right now. Um, I mean, like, he, he's he's in, like, probably the best place that he's ever been, character-wise. Um, you know, that they've gone, they've done a long way to, you know, kind of redeem him, but without taking away the things that made him a good villain back when he was a villain. Yeah, it's almost equally easy to love and hate him right now. <laughs> uh. Hell, he's Jason's favorite character, isn't he? After, <laughs> Bat- after Batman, of course. Well. You know, being honest, I like Sinestro before the 52 relaunch. Like, everything that... I mean, granted, I've only read the first <clears throat> four issues of the 52, and I don't really know what happens after that and, you know, how the whole Quard story wraps up. But from what I've seen, I really don't like this Sinestro. I don't I mean, I don't know what's different about him to me. It's just... Maybe I think that we're getting too much of a redeeming for Sinestro. I'm not quite sure, but I think I think my favorite portrayal of him is is the Sinestro Core War and slash Blackest Night. Do you think I that mean, this? I, oh, sorry. Go go ahead. I'm, I was gonna say, do you do you think of uh, the current Sinestro we're seeing in Green Lantern as being uh, being different from the Sinestro we had up until? The uh the relan the relaunch. I mean I, I I do I mean I see I see him being different like he's uh, not just because he's now wearing a different colored ring it's because he is different he's not really going after how Jordan's teaching him lessons he's not you know like slamming him in the face every five seconds and doing all this crap to him he's he's teaching him lessons yeah in a hard way but he's I don't know. He's he's uh he's back to Sinestro as he was in Emerald Dawn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's uh, although back in Emerald Dawn he was just doing the he was training Hal for the sake of training Hal because he trained. That's what he was, he does. He trains you. Well, in, I mean, let's let's say uh, <laughs> the Emerald Dawn as exists probably in Jeff Johns's mind. Hmm. Or the the Sinestro we see in Secret Origin. Hmm. I don't know. I, I just, think I feel it's a different Sinestro, but I'm not quite sure how he's different. I just I feel a difference there. Yeah, I guess they could go that route. I mean, I hadn't really thought about it. Like in my mind, I was kind of like, okay, well, he's yeah, he's teaching Hal stuff, but he's teaching Hal stuff specifically so he can use Hal. To achieve his goal on Korgar, and at the same time, like um, I think, I think uh, the climax of the battle with Krona kind of made Sinestro look at Hal a little differently. Like they're like more of a kindred spirit in all of this. Yeah. Which that's another thing. Like I love the fact like Sinestro was created when did I say I don't 
have the year, <laughs> but he's been around for decades, and his like reboots and retcons and what like notwithstanding, this character's at a point where like his relationship and with Hal Jordan feels like it's been a long time. It feels like they have like they've come a long way with it. Like whether you want to, no matter how many years you want to say it was or condense this or omit that, like if like these two characters like. Like, when I see Hal interacting with Sinestro, it feels kind of like Hal interacting with Carol. And that, like, these are two people who experience these bizarre, otherworldly situations with each other. And, like, they're almost, like, even if they're bitter enemies, they're almost like old friends. Like, they can talk to each other in a way that nobody else can talk to them. Hmm. I think Jim's asleep. No, I'm still awake. <laughs> Fighting, though. Aw. <clears throat> oh, come on, we put this off a day for you. I know. <laughs> um. Um. I had a thought about Sinestro. Ooh. I don't remember what it is. Ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, you know... Oh, two... To what you were saying as far as, you know, from between before the reboot and now, um, Sinestro's acting a lot different because he had goals before the reboot, and he kind of achieved most of his goals. You know? Oh, sorry, I'm nodding. Oh. In what way? (laughs) Well, his... Like, he had specific goals for the Green Lantern Corps. Um, and, and this is something that's, uh, that Johns had been, you know, setting up for a while, sowing the seeds for the fact that Sinestro, like, loved being a Green Lantern. Um, and it always meant a great deal to him. Um, and even in, in current storylines, they just emphasize that, you know, in, in the new series. They emphasize that, like, with, uh, you know, as far as shutting down the, you know, the yellow battery. Um, I won't go into it, but, Hmm. um, you know, like, when you think about, you know, all all the things that were going on during the, you know, was it uh, the Sinestro Corps War? You know, how he, he forced the, you know, the Guardian's hands to rewrite laws in the Book of Oa. Um, to expand the power and abilities of the Green Lanterns, um, you know, in order to do their job better, it, it was all like you know a very calculated plan. The whole thing was calculated. It's almost like, you know, he knew what was going to happen to him, like back when he originally got kicked out of the core, and like he's been setting up contingency plans. That only just now came, you know, came into effect. You could almost say that the problems he's currently having with the Sinestro Corps comes from the fact that he might not have planned this far ahead for them. Because, I mean, they were they were a means to an end, kind of. Like, he wanted... I mean, I, I say this whenever it comes up. I fully believe that he, he built the Sinestro Corps to lose that war to the Green Lanterns. Because, like... 
I mean, he's not stupid. He's he's been a part of the Green Lantern Corps long enough. He's used a ring long enough. He knows he knows like some of those lanterns well enough to you know, you're not going to take out the Green Lantern Corps with a bunch of completely random people who whose only qualifications to use a ring are that they're scary to somebody. And, like, we don't even know, like, I don't even think they got much training at all. They just got thrown out there. I mean, they're they're a big enough threat to 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 be really dangerous and really deadly and have to be taken care of. But at the same time, like, I don't think Sinestro ever imagined the Sinestro Corps would win the Sinestro Corps war. Like, they were there to push, to force the Guardian's hands, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And also, you know, like, they they have not really gone into it too much lately, but we know that Sinestro's, like, well, is basically his best friend, Abin Sir, you know, talked about nothing but the Blackest Night prophecy. Mm. You know, so as mm. far as setting up a Sinestro core, you know, a core based on the yellow power, you know, he, he would have had knowledge of, of that whole thing you know way prior to anybody else mm. now what do we think because talking about the Sinestro core because like I, I know number five is out I haven't read it yet so I don't know if Sinestro's Sinestro could have like gone on like a 20 page diatribe about how he really feels about the Sinestro core for all I know I haven't read it yet but the uh oh hi Daisy she's dreaming Aww. Is she dreaming fear dreams? No, probably not. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, um, but what do we think? Is Sinestro better with his own yellow core, or as a yellow ring-wielding loner, or as part of another group? Because I think that's kind of a, a question the character's struggling with, both internally and externally right now. Well, like you said, I think the Sinestro Corps is basically a means to an end for him. Um, uh, you know, when you stack everything up, it's like, okay, well, is Sinestro a better solo Yellow Lantern, or the leader of the Sinestro Corps, or better back as a Green Lantern? I mean, I think... Yeah, I, I think that the stories of him leading the Sinestro Corps were great, but, you know, like, I, I, I almost feel like, well, I, I, I'm definitely going to say that I, I enjoy him more as a Green Lantern right now. Um, you know, I, and I think John, uh, Johns is writing him like that's a more natural fit for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's... It's weird. It's weird because like he he was a very interesting character leading the, the Sinestro Corps, but I don't think that as a character he you know he's meant to end up doing that. Hmm. As, what do you th- as 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 a. Uh... As a solo Yellow Lantern, no. As a leader of a Yellow Lantern Corps, as we saw him during Sinestro Corps War, as we saw him during Blackest Night, 
that was awesome. But if it was a means to an end, which I agree with, then there's only so many of those stories you can tell. As a Green Lantern, as I've seen so far in the first four issues of the New 52, not so much. I mean, he's teaching Hal some things about the ring. That's about all I really like about it so far. But I honestly think that the best place he could be is where he probably will end up as, if not the leader of, then a member of a Green Lantern Corps that exists outside of the Guardians of the Universe. Mm-hmm. You think that he would lead that Corps? I don't know. I said, if not a leader of, then a member of. Okay. Because I'm not quite sure which way Johns would take it if he you know went that way. Um you know, I, I think it's obvious he is going the way of having some sort of Green Lantern Corps outside of the Guardians. I think, at least from what I've read so far in the issues that I do have of the new 52, um, that it's very obvious that at some point the a group of, if not all of, the Green Lanterns will rebel against the Guardians. Um, so the split that could come from that, I think that... The, the Green Lantern power outside of the Guardians, Sinestro would want to be a part of that. Uh, that was his goal all along. I mean, he, he did not agree with the Guardians, but he pretty much agreed that the Green Lantern Corps needed to exist, but it needed to change. And under the Guardians, it wasn't going to change, so he forced their hand. <laughs> but he's seeing now that even still, they're not doing a whole lot that and and it's it's going to be much better without them. So I I think that is coming and I think I'm not, I don't think Sinestro would lead them. It all depends on where Jeff Johns takes it. Maybe he plants something or reveals something that makes us think, "Oh wait, yeah, he actually probably would work as a leader." But existing in some capacity inside of a Green Lantern Corps outside of the Guardians of the Universe, that's where I think Sinestro belongs. It which if we look at Sinestro's past, you know, as far as, okay, well, first he's known as, like, one of the greatest Green Lanterns there was that eventually went rogue. And then, you know, he, he did his own thing. You know, he, he convinced the Weaponers to make the ring for him, or, well, mm-hmm. in some stories, that's how it goes. In some stories, he was offered it. But, uh, you know, then, you, you know, you flash forward after doing his own thing for a long time, he leads the Sinestro Corps, and, you know, now, okay, now we're not really sure, but he is leading Hal Jordan around. Do we think that Sinestro can take orders? I mean, like, do you think, <laughs> I mean, when he was a Green Lantern, originally, he was such a good Green Lantern, like, he was, he was like the star child. He was the one that everybody else looked up to. Um, do you think that you can have <clears throat> Sinestro, you know, be happy and content to just be a soldier as opposed to being, like, you know, the best soldier or the leader of all the other soldiers? No, I, I, think, I think Sinestro and... Not necessarily taking orders. I think the seed is kind of planted in, um, I don't know, whichever issue it is that, uh, I guess it's two and three, or no, three and four um, of Green Lantern, where he's talking to his former right-hand girl or whatever. Um, I think he's learning, or at least coming to understand, that he should have listened to his people more. He should have 
done something. I think I think he would work more better not as a soldier, not as a uh, an officer taking orders from a police chief or you know the guardians or whatever, but more as like a knights of the round table where everybody's kind of equal and you know deciding things together. I think he would work better in that capacity, not necessarily taking orders from somebody, but more open to other people's ideas and uh yeah he's bullheaded but if someone makes a point you know or a vote is taken he might he might work better in that capacity as sinestro as he used to be no he would never even consider the thought of someone else's opinion but i think you're seeing him learn uh you're currently seeing him learn that there is something to be said for taking other people's opinions into account like he's like you saw with his uh, former right-hand girl. I could see Sinestro taking orders to a point, but it would have to be from somebody he genuinely respects. I mean, like, like if Abin said to him, you know, all right, here's what, here's our plan, here's what we're going to do, I need you to go to this spot and do this while I'm doing this, I think he would do it. He would probably, like, throw in his two cents and try to, like, help make the plan stronger. But ultimately, like, he would follow what Avin said, you know? And I don't think he's really there with very many people, if any. I think, honestly, I think they're on the road to to giving him that level of respect with Hal Jordan. But, <clears throat> I don't know. I, th- I think it would, be, it would be a lot closer to what Chad's saying with the potential for there to be, like, one or two people that he would listen to outright in the future. It's just so weird to think about, because, like, I'm I'm pretty, I'm going to say entirely confident that eventually Sinestro will go back to being, like, the guy with the yellow ring. And it's just so weird to think about, to think about him being that without the Sinestro core. Because in the entire John's era, there's really only been two instances where we ha- we've had Sinestro as that. You know, we had him that way in Rebirth, and we had him that way in Infinite Crisis, which was the only, incidentally, the only Sinestro appearances between Rebirth and the Sinestro Core War. Or it was just it was just him as an individual with a yellow ring, and that was before they really kind of kind of took to evolving his personality and his character. So, so it's it's really bizarre for me to think about like taking the modern Sinestro and kind of putting him into almost the slot of Silver Age pre-Crisis Sinestro, where he's like kind of like the the roving arch nemesis. <laughs> Except he's got everything that he has today in terms of personality and character depth. What do you guys think about the similarities similarities between Sinestro and Batman? Ooh. Because... Elaborate. Well, you have two characters that are both natural-born leaders. They both instill fear. They both like to set up lots of contingency plans. Um, they're both well-trained in methods of uh, fighting so that they don't have to rely on just their weapons and gadgets. Um, 
I mean, you know, th- things along those lines, you know, they do have similarities. And also, Sinestro, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, being the best of the best when he was a Green Lantern, he, you know, creates the Sinestro core, you know, with people, you know, to follow him. Whereas Batman, you know, I mean, aside from deputizing other Batman around the world, you know, he's got all the Robins and all the other Bat family members that, you know, are inspired by his lead. Do you think, I mean, like, is that just something that any strong character can do? Do you think the fear has, uh, you know, something to do with it? The the fact that they can inspire fear that makes them great leaders? I think it's both. I think, I think, uh, any great character worth their salt can do that. This is, which is why you have Wonder Woman and Donna Troy, or Superman and Supergirl and Connor Kent, uh, Batman and the Bat Family, uh, Green Arrow and Red Arrow and and Black Canary and all that family. Everybody just kind of inspires one another. I think uh, Hal Jordan at some point inspired lots of people in the Green Lantern Corps. It's just, I think any strong character can do that, but they also have that connection to the fear there, but I think they both use it to a different way. Don't ask me to explain how they, <laughs> how they use it in a different way, but I get the feeling at least, that the way Batman is portrayed and the way Sinestro is portrayed, there's a line between the two that Batman, at least the Batman I know and respect in the stories that I've read that I enjoy Batman, there's a line there that Batman would never cross. I think what makes the the Bat family and the Lanterns kind of stand out, though, is that, <clears throat> that um, in both cases... The, the person doing the training is essentially plucking out a, an basically a totally random person and turning them into like the best of the best whereas like yeah you said you mentioned like like superman has supergirl well okay your starting point is you're the second most powerful person in the world or like you're like you have this like special birthright that helps kind of take you to where you are whereas like like when Batman trains a Robin, their starting point is is just being a scared little kid. And he turns them into either one of the, the best fighters around or the one of the best detectives the world has ever seen. And like, so the same can be said about like Green Lanterns or Sinestro Corps members or whatever. Like, you're taking these people who, like, yeah, they have these good qualities, they have this potential, but, you know, they're... They're uh they're mopping floors for a living until somebody comes around and like does something with it. It's interesting too. Like there is a lot of similarity, like you point out with Sinestro and Batman, but like Sinestro's is so. I guess it's just because of the nature of the power. Like Sinestro's use of fear is so like like overtly blatant and extroverted, whereas like Batman, he doesn't have that luxury and like his his way of using fear to his advantage is like it's all like in like the silent and in the the shadowy unknown aspect of it you know like playing up like the urban myth angle that i love so much and like the whole you don't know what's in the dark coming to get you thing (laughs) i guess there are more similarities between sinestro and batman than i thought because um, I've never read the story, but the, was it the nail or something where Batman has files on everyone in the JLA or something? 
Uh, no, that's uh, the Tower of Babel. Yes. Tower of Babel. Okay. There's that. You know that they're, they're willing to do what it takes to make a point. But I don't see. It's hard to say this because there's a solicit, and for one of the <laughs> upcoming. Um, DC Legend books where Batman is thinking about destroying a planet to stop an alien invasion. Hmm. Like committing mass genocide just to stop an alien invasion. He's about to confront the Green Lantern Corps. I mean, there are stories like that out there that have come before this story that's been solicited. So I just... It's hard to say that Batman wouldn't go to that length when there are those stories, but there's different stories with different heroes in which you, you read it and you go... There's no way my hero, my like, my Green Lantern, my Batman, my Superman would do that, you know. And you just discount that story, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. There, in my mind, there's a line between Batman and Superman that Batman, or I mean, between Batman and Sinestro that Batman will not cross. I don't know kinda, what it is, but um, kind of makes you wonder, though. What would what would Bruce Wayne have been like or turned into if he did? have like a tiny little thing that would make that would project all of those those emotions and feelings he had out at the bad guys you know like what would like if he had a ring at some point in his young life you know would he like would he essentially be the person he is today because he had like part of what made him into the person he is is the fact that he had to do what he did in order to become Batman. Or it's like, if he had to power it... And, and I didn't read the the In Darkest Night thing. I know oh, you guys Elseworlds. reviewed it. Yeah, yeah. so, like, I, I forget, like, how early he got the ring there or whatever, but, like... But, like, if... If you take away, like, everything he has to do to train himself and to, like, develop his, his whole M.O. as as the shadowy figure. I don't know. Maybe he would have grown up to be more like Sinestro. Like, Well, in, in, in darkest night, um, <clears throat> you've read Batman year one, right? Yes. Uh, in Batman year one, where he's like all beat up and staring at the statue of his, of his father's bust, uh, like that thing. And, uh, he's like got his hand around the bell about to summon Alfred. And then, the bat comes crashing through the window, mm. and that's where he gets the idea. That's in 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 the Elseworld story when the bat crashes through the window. In this story, the ring crashes through the window, and we get a projection of um, Avensur. So at that point is when he gets the ring. I don't, but I don't think you get a, a, a Batman that is worthy of a ring until you have a Batman who's already gone through the training and disciplined himself, and you know taken those steps. So you know, I don't, I don't know when you would get uh, a scared little kid or whatever to become a Sinestro Corps member or, or you know to make him become something other than a hero. You know what would be awesome or what would have been awesome if if Sinestro found found a and took in ten year old Bruce Wayne the same way Bruce Wayne found and took in ten year old Dick Grayson. And just raised him as his like protege. And hell, what would being a surrogate father? Because <laughs> God knows he's kind of messed it up with his own kids. <laughs> what would that have done to Sinestro? 
Especially if there's one who's like very, very much like following in his footsteps as he goes. That's another thing. What do we think of Sinestro as a parent? Because that's, I feel like that gets glossed over a lot. And not just because we haven't seen Ceranic since in like the last like five or six months, but. I think he's a better parent than we give him credit for. Yeah. I think from what we know of his relationship with uh, Sora, that he actually knew it was better for him to leave than stay. It was better for her. Yeah. Which Takes I wouldn't a- have expected from Sinestro at, at my understanding of the character at that point. That's a good point. And, and hell, it takes a classy guy to tattoo his child in their sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> uh, although, it does make sense that he would tattoo her to keep a lock on her after, you know, his wife and best friend are now dead. Yeah. Well, I think it's more ridiculous that she tried to remove it by shooting herself in the face with a laser. But, <laughs> yeah. That's like that's part of the like that's part of the reason like I would never consider laser eye surgery because I've spent like almost thirty years reading enough science fiction so that I cannot justify sitting there while somebody shoots me in the face with a laser. So. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Jim, are you crashing? Oh, big time. Oh God! All right, all right. Well, this won't go on that much longer. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see what else is in my notes here. Um, I thought it was interesting to note, like after getting locked away by the Guardians of the Universe for the trillionth time, Sinestro started to just tool around on Earth for a while. He became a member of the the first incarnation of the Secret Society of Supervillains back when it was. You know, Darkseid was running the show, and <clears throat> and he would just have these, like, weird one-off team-ups where, like, again, this is Silver Age, this is pre-crisis. Like, he, he teamed up once with the Weather Wizard in an issue of Flash, and he said, you know, he would he would slow down the Flash if Weather Wizard would create a worldwide cloud to hide Sinestro from the Guardians, because, because it's that easy to do that. <laughs> You just need some fog, and they can't find you. <laughs> and uh, he would uh, join the group again around Infinite Crisis in uh, Luther's society in Air Bunnies. Um, what you call it? Uh, now, Sinestro's role <laughs> more recently, um, because you know, like we've we've discussed his role in you know Rebirth Forward a number of times, uh, right. and you know in, in time we'll you know get to additional stories and talk about those even more. Um, but before that, there were you know that Sinestro did pop up in the Kyle run, uh, and then you know you even had. What was essentially a ripoff of Sinestro, you know, in the form of uh, Nero for Kyle. Um, you know, what do we think of the character of Nero in, you know, as compared to Sinestro? I think Nero was batshit and crazy. <laughs> like that, every every appearance I've ever read of him, including that crappy twelve issue mini of uh, Ion. Mm-hmm. 
He was just batshit insane, and it it was. I think I think as far as a opposite of of Sinestro, uh, this don't and, and again don't. For some reason, don't ask me to explain this. I think Guy Gardner wearing a yellow ring makes more of an opposite, a more of an equal to Sinestro than Nero does. I, I don't know why, but I think I, I think Nero was just kind of there. I mean, I, I wasn't reading comics when you guys were, so whenever Nero, you know, showed up in the Kyle run. Did you really get the sense of oh shit Nero's back or was it just like oh not this guy again? <laughs> well, I think Nero and Effigy, I'm throwing him in there too, were both essentially the same thing. You know, it was let's make the evil Kyle but with a with a dash of Sinestro. You know, they cuz I mean back when I read like the first story arc for both those characters, I had the feeling of Oh, this is Kyle. They want to make Kyle Sinestro. And then every time it's like they gave him like a some pretty good build up and then in the final issue of the story he just they just punked out incredibly easily. Yeah. I mean, I, for me personally, I mean, I didn't hate the character of Nero, but you know, if you're going to line them up side by side, the batshit crazy you know, villain is not going to be, it's not going to touch the one that, you know, actually has like nuances and, you know, genuine ties to the hero. If you're going to line them up side by side, you should execute them like they did in Blackest Night. <laughs> yeah. Did they, they didn't kill Effigy though, right? Um, I don't think so I think like he shows up every now and then whenever there's like a big group of supervillains, but he hasn't done anything for a long time. Because I, I thought that they were going to kill him, but then they like he was helping the good guys, so they said, okay, well we, we won't kill you or something. I know, like he he was he was a straight up villain at least twice, and then they brought him back again. And the controllers, like, lobotomized him. And then he disappeared again. And then he started showing up in group shots, like, with uh, the villain society. Or, like, in Justice League or something. Like, whenever you have, like, a group of fire bad guys, he's usually in with them. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of funny, because, like, like like you said, uh, Ki- uh, not Kyle. Kyle showed up in Kyle's run. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers, everybody! Um, Sinestro did show up in Kyle's run at times, and it was it was weird. Like it's it's like the whole way that Kyle's run is very very uh, aware of its past. Like Sinestro showing up was like, oh shit, Sinestro showed up. Like if, even if it happened, like like regardless of where it went, it was it had that it had that impact that that uh, unveiling Nero and Effigy never had. Because, like, even if you never read those uh, those earlier comics with Sinestro in them, you had, like, at least this nebulous idea of who this was and why he matters. Which I, I attribute to pop culture more than anything else. Because, I mean, Sinestro and other media is actually... 
it's so funny to think about how little Green Lantern shows up in stuff before that Superman the animated series episode. Sinestro's all over the damn place. <laughs> oh yeah, he was in um, the Batman. Yeah, uh, he was in Static Shock. He was in Justice League. He was in um, the Superman animated series. Yes, he. Let's see. Like back in the in 1979, he was in a live action TV special called Legend of the Superheroes, uh, played by Charlie Callis. Oh God! Yeah, um, I think that's the same special where like either Sinestro or Mordru or something disguises themselves as a therapist and tricks Hal Jordan as Green Lantern into sitting down on like the therapy couch and just telling him all his secrets. It's amazing. Uh, he was on virtually every episode of Challenge of the Super Friends. Uh, he was, let's see, all the stuff Chad said. He was on the uh, the fan favorite episode of Duck Dodgers. The green, uh, yeah. The Green Loon Turn. Um, uh, you, said, you mentioned the Batman episode called Ring Toss. Uh, which, frankly, I'm surprised that episode doesn't get talked about that much because, I mean, yeah, that series itself isn't that great, but this is this is an episode that culminated in Sinestro fighting Green Lantern Batman. I mean, at the very least, you would think Jason would have it on DVD or something. <laughs> um, oh, and he did make at least one appearance on Batman the Brave and the Bold in a, an episode where um, uh, Sinestro... Yeah, it was another version of Sinestro's betrayal and his fall from grace where uh, Despero was brainwashing Mogo and the Green Lantern Corps was missing. So it was uh, it was Guy and, and uh, Nort trying to stop Sinestro and Despero and a brainwashed Mogo. <laughs> it's crazy. I got a question about Sinestro. I mean, because we're trying to get... It's trying to do a spotlight slash conversation here, so I want to try to be as thorough as possible. But... When it comes to Sinestro, disregarding the fact that basically everything we have now with the different cores and everything is because of Sinestro, <laughs> like uh, and Jeff Johns. Before Jeff Johns, does Sinestro, in your mind, deserve to be the villain for Green Lantern? The way like <laughs> Lex Luthor is is Superman's villain, and Joker is Batman's definitive villain, and that kind of a thing. Does Sinestro deserve to be up there? Like, or is there somebody else that could have taken the place that, you know, before Jeff Johns got a hold of him, was Sinestro really that big of a deal to comic readers, to you guys, to the Green Lantern mythos in, in general? Uh, I think after Emerald Dawn 2, they they did a pretty good job of setting him up as a, as a really good villain. Hmm. I mean, it, they they like it built. They kind of like you know added in a lot of justification, which you know backed it up. It went a long way to back it up. What do you think, Dan? I mean, it's it's weird because when I was me, when I was reading up, like I read a lot of Sinestro shit <laughs> for this, and I came away with it thinking like, if I was reading all of these comics like as they came out and i got to see every sinestro story as it came out i don't know that i would like sinestro you know i mean yeah. like 
like completely disconnecting it from the modern day stuff. Just the because because I'm just I'm the kind of person who like I don't like overdoing any one villain. Like I would be perfectly happy to never see the Joker in a Batman comic ever again. I would love it. I would absolutely love it to not see Lex Luthor fight in a Superman story for the next 10 years. <laughs> Just because, like, after a while, it's like, oh, it's the whole Super Friends thing. It's like, oh, they're going to fight this bad guy again. All right. It's like, it's, you, you can only get so much out of that until it just becomes the same old things. Like, like I... Uh, I mean, I... It's, I'm trying to put aside, like, the fact that I really like Sinestro as, like, a main character more than I like him as a villain, I think. But you can't really have this now without that then. Because I was thinking... Like, if I was alive when the Silver Age Green Lantern started coming out, and I picked up these issues, and I started reading from start to, you know, whenever, uh, before Emerald Dawn stuff, would I honestly sit there and go, Sinestro's Green Lantern is Green Lantern's villain, bar none? Like, the way I, I, I get, I understand, like, when Joker made his first appearance, it wasn't necessarily like that, but it... It really latched on to people like really quick that Joker is Batman's villain. Like he has to be. The same thing with Lex Luthor and, and Superman. Like it was almost not instantaneous, but it was almost like those two have to go together. And I don't think like reading some of these old Silver Age issues that I would have necessarily read this and thought <clears throat> Sinestro is Green Lantern's villain. You know what I mean? It's also a little weird because with the Green Lantern Corps, you had Sinestro, who was okay. You, they always focus on Sinestro versus Hal Jordan, but they would also always have to kind of pull back and make it Sinestro as the villain of this entire group. So, like, whether or not Sinestro had a had as has a as big a connection or relationship to John Stewart or Guy Gardner as he did with Hal Jordan, the, well, they're Green Lanterns, so he kind of has to be the arch nemesis of them too because they're Green Lanterns. And I don't know, maybe of like if Hal was the one and only Green Lantern, it would have helped. But I think the fact that I don't know, this, this, you, this is a good point because like the fact that the Green Lanterns are this massive amount of people makes it kind of more difficult to have, you know, the arch nemesis of Green Lantern. Hmm. Although, although in with that in mind, you know, how many other Green Lantern villains are that memorable? You know, you've got Star Sapphire, you've got the Shark. Yeah, you got the shark who you freaking hate now, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, like, I, I don't know how many people know that Solomon Grundy was a Golden Age Green Lantern villain. Uh, Sonar. Yeah. Hector Hammond now, probably. Um, I mean, hell, we're excited about the possibility of an evil star story. There's going to be so many people when that happens going, who the hell is this idiot with the starfish on his face? What is this? 
So that's, I think, that's oh, true. Yeah. It's like, almost by default, I think the rest of the Rose Gallery kind of prop up Sinestro a little bit because, like, he's the the more highly visible one. He's the easier concept to latch onto just by looking at him. And he's the more... He's the one that was in a cartoon. Do you think Sinestro's being overexposed right now? Because I remember Jim, specifically, you said, you know, one of the things you liked was after Rebirth, Sinestro was pretty much taken off the table until the Sinestro Core War. Oh, no, that's something Dan says a lot. Dan. Yeah, Dan. I, I love that. I like, because well, again, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to get tired of them. I want yeah. them to be there all the time. But after Sinestro Core War, he's been around nearly every other issue. Like, what the heck? Is that, is that why, maybe that's why I'm feeling so dis, uh, disenfranchised or whatever you want to say the word is with the Green Lantern or with this, with the Sinestro we see in the new 52. Maybe I'm just sick of Sinestro. Yeah. I might agree with you if they were if they had spent all that time playing him as the the villain, you know. But I think ever since ever since the Sinestro Corps war and up, we've been getting like Sinestro as I'll say Sinestro as main character, Sinestro as supporting character, as opposed to Sinestro as villain, which like I think that's one of the things that makes me really love Sinestro these days and in, in complete contrast to his his uh, older appearances is that he's being treated like a character. He's not being treated like the Green Lantern arch nemesis anymore. And he's, they're not ignoring any of that. They, they recognize the extreme importance of that aspect to him, but they're... I don't know, they're not playing to the tropes that would have people just write them off. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess it's something to take into consideration, though, is is the way they're they're casting Sinestro. I mean, uh, you know, episode whatever, one of the early ones, 20-something in the teens, you guys had the whole, can Hal Jordan be redeemed? Well, how much more so if, you know... If Sinestro does, in fact, become a Green Lantern in some capacity outside of the Guardians, would the Green Lanterns take him back? Like, I don't see that being possible. I mean, I barely understand how they could take Hal back. It would be, be so funny if, like, everybody completely accepts Sinestro back, and they see Hal Jordan, they're like, yeah, shut up, you dick, we still hate you. <laughs> That would be funny to me. <laughs> maybe that's another reason I'm not quite sure about this new relaunch. Can't I don't maybe I don't really believe Sinestro can be redeemed. <clears throat> I don't think Sinestro thinks he needs to be. Hmm. All right, let's see what else before we lose Jim. What else we got here? <laughs> Well, we would be remiss if we're going to talk about Sinestro to not mention Mark Strong's portrayal of him in the Green Lantern live-action movie. Yes, yes, Sinestro's come off pretty well in terms of Green Lantern media in the last couple years. Like, Mark Strong's performance in in the movie, uh, you got Victor Garber voicing him in First Flight, uh, and uh, Jason Isaac in Emerald Knights. 
you know, movie Sinestro, and speaking of all of them, tends to... He just works. Yeah, mm. I, w- I would say Mark Strong gave a strong performance. Uh-huh. Markedly so. <laughs> oh, these are the jokes. Besides the end credits piece, literally one of the best things about the Green Lantern movie was Sinestro. Yeah, that's what... Even people who don't know comics... Like I, like I know people who have who have said to me like, like the movie was like eh, but I and I wish there was more of the red guy or the, or whatever they said like like he just he was just so good in it. They, his, he was well written for the most part, visually. Bravo, <laughs> and and he just they got a, the right actor to do it. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that they were thinking about. Um giving Sinestro like a ponytail and more facial hair or something like that and Mark Strong flat out said no I want him to look like this yeah I heard that too I hope that's true I love that kind of stuff yeah although and then th- there's the the age old question about Sinestro that uh I, I mean we don't really have an answer for it but why would you give a Green Lantern ring to somebody whose name is Sinestro Whose name basically means sinister. <laughs> the Guardians kind of dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> eh, maybe it means something different in their language. <laughs> maybe it means ponies or happy time. <laughs> it's a synonym for unicorn. Yeah. Oh, that would be badass. A Green Lantern unicorn with like the ring on the horn. Ah, oh, sweet. <laughs> so when it stabs you in the heart, it could then seal up the wound. Sure. Man, you go to dark places. <laughs> I say, I say, unicorn. You're like, oh yeah, for heart stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're for. Well, yeah. What else would they use it for? Oh, of course. I mean, other than sword fighting each other, I have no idea. No <laughs> God. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> Sinestro spotlight, everybody. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, bottom line, he's come a long way from the mustache-twirling, you know, stereotype of a villain. Yeah. Speaking of mustaches, I just wanted to... Like, we can't not mention how this character is, has uh, visually evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I found... I I haven't checked this off of any more than one source, but uh, <laughs> I've... He was apparently based off of a British actor named David Niven, which I'm gonna I'm sending you guys a picture. I'll put it in the thread for the show. I mean it this time. I mean, look at that guy. He looks like an, a class. He like paint him, and he's Sinestro. Yeah, that's that definitely looks like Sinestro. <laughs> um, yeah, he does. Um, and you know, from the very beginning, his features would fluctuate between looking like a human and looking like the more exaggerated alien. You know, his uh, his skin color always changed. You know, sometimes it was red; it could be pink, maybe it's magenta. It all depended uh, based on it was all depending on the colorist. Um, sometimes his ears were pointy. Sometimes they were like rounded off, like 
regular people. Uh, <laughs> sometimes sometimes he was tall and lanky like a Roswell Gray, and sometimes he had like this great big huge head. And some and like right now he's pretty much a regular dude that just has like a different complexion. And and I said it earlier um, to a lesser extent, but aside from without Jeff Johns, we wouldn't have everything we have now. It's if you really think about it, it's pretty much through Sinestro that we have everything right that we have right now. As far as storylines, as far as alternate cores, as far as where the Guardians of the Universe have set up the Green Lantern Corps, where the all this stuff that's that's going on has happened through Sinestro in some way. Yeah. Good thing he was a dick to an entire planet. <laughs> Man. To, before we go, I have to throw this in here, because I found... This is... I, I couldn't find an issue number, but I found probably my favorite Sinestro thing ever from the Silver Age. And... <laughs> this is, oh Jesus Christ! You, do you, you guys remember the character Do Doiby Dickles? Right, he was a uh, he yeah, was Alan, uh, Alan Scott's uh, sidekick who drove him around. Yeah. Well, all right. Remember when I was rattling off that list of bizarre ways Sinestro was captured? Mm-hmm. Well, I left off my favorite because I wanted to say this for the end. Um, now I don't remember how he got this way. But Hal Jordan trapped him in, in a cube of amber and kept that cube in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you go to Hal Jordan's house and you open the garage, you're going to see a car, maybe a workbench, and an amber cube with an alien villain inside of it. <laughs> so, it's, you know, that's where, that's where that goes. <clears throat> and, like, for some reason, he had um, uh, Doiby Dickel's old car in his garage next to Sinestro in a cube. And... Sinestro, he's totally immobilized, right? Because he's in Amber. It's, it's, it's fine. Sinestro's mind reached out to the old car and used the spark in its battery to transfer his mind into the car. So now you've got this old 1940s car possessed by the mind of Sinestro just driving itself around town. And it mentally sensed crime. It has, like, car spider sense for crime. And it finds this bank robbery, and it, like, pulls up and opens its doors, and, like, it becomes the getaway car for the robbers, and it gets them back to their hideout, like, escapes the police, and then starts planning crimes for them. They don't know what the hell is going on. They're like, well, this car has a point. Let's do it. (laughs) It it became this whole team-up between Hal Jordan and Al Scott, and it involved, you know, paralyzing headlights <laughs> it was i think sinestro came back as like a to his regular body but he was overweight for some reason it was it, it, it was just like such a it was one of those where like it it's so ridiculous and so stupid that i can't think about it without a huge smile on my face and that's that kind of that's kind of something i need to think back on. When I think of Sinestro before John's, I'm going to think of that Sinestro story as kind of a, uh, you know, it wasn't all stupid mustache twirling over and over and over again, super villainy. There was some, there was some fun in there. And speaking of John's and Sinestro, 
In 2009, and this is worth noting, Sinestro was ranked as IGN's 15th greatest comic book villain of all time. Hmm. I found that little gem earlier. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we end the episode, anything else about Sinestro? Jim? Huh? Jim, wake up! Oh, well. Yeah, I'm done. I don't even know what <laughs> you just said. I'm completely done. Well, I mean, I, maybe on your end, is there any like toys or merchandise you want to mention about Sinestro? Something, something you enjoy or anything like that? Oh, actually, um, yeah, a few things. Uh, I remember when DC Direct first put out the uh, the Sinestro figure, uh, and I, I I bought that like right away because it came with the you know the toy version of the ring then when they put out uh, the series of busts back then, um, this was all in the 90s, you had a bust of Kyle, uh, one of uh, Alan Scott, one of Hal Jordan and they all came with the ring uh, and then they came out with the Sinestro one um, I think it was interesting the design of his ring how it has changed in the past uh, I think with uh, Super Friends, it was the re- reverse colors, yellow and green. Yeah, I think so. I think the it had like a a lantern symbol in it that was light blue. I think because um, I have the the Sinestro and Hal Jordan <clears throat> two pack based off of the Super Friends cartoon. I have that figure pack. Um, according to that, it's it's yellow and green and houses green and white um yeah there was that but the uh, the bus was really cool and it 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 basically treated his ring as like uh like a just a a simple yellow ring and instead of it having any symbol whatsoever it was just kind of like a like a almost like a domed gem or jewel you know that was the center of it so I, though that that's that's the biggie that I can remember as far as merchandise. Yeah, he's been all over. Like, like there's there's a bunch of action league figures of him. There's been several movie figures, uh, a bunch out of DC Direct, as you mentioned. Um, the lead, the lead figures. There's at least two of him as lead figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, there's um, I don't know who makes them, but that they um, they've been making those uh. Those smaller scale Mego esque dolls in the last several years, and a uh, classic Sinestro is part of that. Um, he was a playable character, a playable second player character in the Green Lantern movie video game. Um, when uh, <clears throat> Mattel got a hold of the uh, the DC license. They they made a Sinestro figure pretty early on. It was just a couple of waves in. They made the regular Sinestro figure, and then the variant was uh, the Sinestro core costume, um, which was it looked a lot better. You know, it was actually a really cool looking figure. But you know, since it was the variant, it was pretty hard to come by. I think they just re-released a different version of Sinestro in the Sinestro core costume. 
Didn't they just also do a uh, another Green Lantern Sinestro based on the the current New Fifty Two design of his costume? Yeah, that's that DC Direct did the Green Lantern Sinestro in his new modern costume, and uh, DC Classics <laughs> from Mattel redid a yellow, you know, a Sinestro core Sinestro, which is interesting because after Blackest Night. A lot of people were, you know, kind of, you know, wishing that DC Direct would either repackage or do a new Sinestro, yellow, you know, Sinestro, uh, you know, Sinestro Core Sinestro, be, you know, to fit in with the other Guardians, the the new Guardians. But uh, the last Sinestro Core Sinestro that they put out was, I think, uh, the third wave, third or fourth wave of the Green Lantern figures, and, you know, once uh, once people started hearing that these new Guardian figures were coming out, like, any of those Sinestro figures that were still around anywhere got, like, snapped up quick, so that a figure that was going from, you know, maybe $15, $20 online most places, you know, all of a sudden jumped to $50 to $100 or more. Man. At this point, I feel like they've done more figures of Batman in that costume than they have of Sinestro in that costume. It's you know it's it's a really <laughs> cool looking costume. Um, that's that's and you know he is a major villain, so it, it really it would not be a, a bad figure to you know if not keep in you know going in pep, uh, perpetuity perpetuity yeah. Uh, you know, at least, you know, put out a version every once in a while. Uh, you know, when you, when you consider the fact that they put out the new Guardians, you know, and they said, okay, well, Atrocitus, St. Walker, I think the John Stewart, and the Indigo One sold out so fast that they went back and, re, you know, made even more of those, which is something that DC Direct doesn't really do too often at you know, and then they just basically, you know, they're like, oh, no, no Sinestro core Sinestro. It's, it was a very stupid decision on their part. <laughs> well, they yeah. needed all that plastic for the multicolored howls. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, what you you know, speaking of Sinestro spotlight episode. Who's talking about that? I know, yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of slept through the whole thing. <laughs> you could you could have fun listening to this when it comes out. I will. Yeah, I'm not gonna remember any of this. You'll be like, it's I very what? It's very scatterbrained. <laughs> um. Yeah. What about the whole concept as far as like you know him being dead but not really dead and uh, what do you call it? Lobo and Guy Gardner teaming up to give <laughs> Guy Gardner Sinestro's ring. Yeah, and some along the way somebody fought his soul and all this, but yeah, yeah. that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Sinestro died, but not really. Nah. But he he did a really good job of tricking everybody to think that it it was real. He held his right. breath and squinted really tight. <laughs> Wait, we're talking about when Hal Jordan broke his neck, right? Uh, well, no, that's just no. one of one of many times. <laughs> yeah, 
There was a couple times. There was a time he died like right before Mosaic, and his soul went into the central battery. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's how Guy Gardner ended up getting his ring. That might be. It happened to that uh, Guy Gardner. Uh, what's it called? I forget. It was the the two or three issue prestige format thing that led into his ongoing series where he had the yellow ring. Right. And he had to fight the ghost of Sinestro. Yes. The ghost of Sinestro passed. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Spectre fought <clears throat> Sinestro. In the Hal Jordan days. Yep. <laughs> but shh, we don't want to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shan't not speak its name. Oh, man. So there you go, everybody. Our Sinestro kind of spotlight. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. There's you more want, coming where that came from. Yeah. You, want, you want more of these? You want us to do another one? Yeah, that, that should pretty much uh, you know, squash any more requests for spotlight episodes. No, no, it won't. We have to do at least one more. To really, really drive home the point that nobody will ever want these again? Oh, no, this one I'm going to actually really prepare for, so this one's going to be good. Which one? I'm not saying it. I don't want to spoil it. Do, do, do I know what it is? Yeah. If you go listen, if you go look at that thread, you'll figure it out. Uh, later. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> definitely in the future, the spotlight episodes. Like, um, we should all prepare for it as opposed to just Dan. <laughs> oh, as if as if you would anyway. Come on. Well, the the one I'm thinking about, I have the ability to be more prepared at least uh my sinestro issues are very scattered um as far as appearances so i couldn't really yeah i I'm, i don't i'm not one to want to rely on internet information and reviews so i, I if i'm gonna get material i want to read the original stuff on my own and then make my own conclusions rather than parroting off someone else's so yeah with Sinestro, I couldn't do that, so we had to rely on Dan for this episode. But the next Spotlight episode, I think we might possibly do. I do have more material to go off of, so. Yeah, plus for this, I kind of wanted it to be just like kind of a a more casual conversation as opposed to an info dump, because I think those are boring to listen to, personally. Um, yeah. And, fr- I mean, frankly, the fact that all three of us kind of have varying degrees of history with reading Sinestro... Like you, mm-hmm. you not having as much isn't a detriment to this. It like leads to questions that we might otherwise not have touched on. So, yeah. So yeah, there's there's another spotlight, at least one other that we can do that that'll be interesting. I hope. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I really gotta but, find this thread. Jesus. To, to 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 be fair though, we'll technically get another. Um, kind of Sinestro spotlight whenever we decide to cover the Sinestro Core War. So it's not like we're we're leaving this character alone for an in-depth, you know, introspective. So <laughs> this is the last we will ever talk about Sinestro. <laughs> for, forget the fact that he's the star of the book. We're not going <laughs> to talk about him at all. From now on when we talk about the new books, if he shows up, we're going to refer to him as Ernie. Ernie, <laughs> I like it. Uh, and now that that's out of the way we wanted to just go ahead and remind everybody that there is a thread pinned on the forums um, with the topics for the nominations for the best of 2011 
you guys have really wanted this for a while, so we went ahead and finally did it. So make sure you swing by the forums to at least check out all the um, the different categories for the Best of 2011. If you're not a member of the forums, you can still at least swing by the forum to see the categories um, or listen to episode 115 for those categories. Um, the link to our forum is on our website, so go to lanterncast.com and you know click on the forum link, and then you'll see at the very top there will be the best of 2011 categories. So if you're not a member of the forums, email your choices to lanterncast at gmail.com. If you are on the forums, just reply with your votes in that thread, and we'll take it from there, um, let's say, a week after this episode airs. So because the forums were down, we're going to go ahead and for a little while, we're going to go ahead and extend that date just a little bit to give you guys a chance that that, you know, roughly two week chance we said we'd give you. So that's available to you if you uh, have the option. You guys wanted it for a while, so let's get those votes in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One final thing before we close out. Uh, We talked about it on a couple of the last shows so I just wanted to do a quick Wild Pig update. Uh, the show has, as Jim speculated, is going to be a two-day show now. It's going to be the entire weekend that was formerly going to be occupied by Super Show, uh, which is Saturday, May 5th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. <clears throat> and Sunday, May 6th from 10, minute, 10 a.m. to 5. Uh, it's going to be the Embassy Suites in Piscataway slash Somerset. New Jersey, uh, you know, there's there's uh, directions and everything on their website, wildpigcomics.com. <clears throat> uh, there's it's not gonna it's still it's not I'm not expecting a super show out of it, but at the same time, if you're a collector or you're looking to fill in runs or just like maybe hang out with some people for an afternoon, this is this is probably gonna be like a worthwhile destination if you're in the tri-state area. Uh, they're gonna be sporting. 60,000 back issues that are each 50 cents, regardless of what it is or how old it is. Uh, over 2,000 trays at 50% off. Uh, they haven't announced a guest list as of this recording, but they they usually have, and like they say it off the website too, and this is generally true about their shows, they have like 30 to 40 artists sketching and selling original art, uh, work and books and artwork. There's going to be uh, several raffles both days, and they give away some impressive shit like omnibuses, omnibuy, I don't know, whatever the plural of that is, uh, absolute editions, that Omnibus kind of stuff. Subways. Yes, oh my god, I need to go to Subway. Anyway. <laughs> you need to go to Superbus. <laughs> Megabus, yeah, no, I know. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, if you, if you go for one day, it's 10 bucks, whole weekend, 15. You can buy your tickets at the door. Uh, just go to wildpigcomics.com. Get all the info there as it comes out. And I'll be there at least for one day, probably Saturday. Jim, if he actually pulls through this time, should be there too. You still plan on going, Jim? No, well, what? No, yeah, no, what? Jim will be there, as you've seen. He's committed to it. <laughs> I, I, I should be there at least one of the days. If it's not the day I'm there, I swear to God. Well, which day I, are you going? Probably <laughs> probably Saturday. Um, I, I mean, that, that seems 
feasible. I mean, the the. I, I'm yeah, I'm not really sure because the the whole situation. Like I, you know, I, I did speculate that they would probably bump it to two days, and mm-hmm. you know, now since it's it's in conjunction with CGS, it's probably going to be a little bit bigger than a you know the previous Wild Pig shows. In fact, it's definitely going to be bigger because they've already moved into like a, a larger area. Yeah. Um. And it's it's much closer. I think it's like an hour and a half closer to me than nice. going to Reading or something like that. Um, but I'm not I'm not sure if I want to like stay, you know, and go a second day because you know <laughs> we all know that Wild Pig is you know it's my majority like a you know buying back issue show. Yeah. Um, Although Chris did say something about having forty artists, so. Well, I said that. My name is Dan. No, Chris, the guy's from Wild Pig. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and for what it's worth, I mean, this is highly unlikely, but the fact that they moved it to two days, I'm considering going now. But, you know, fi- oh. fi- fi- finances, you know, definitely make it highly unlikely, but... Uh, I it, it, I wasn't going to consider it if it was just going to be one day, but now that it's two, now that I know it's in a bigger spot, now that I know that there's going to be 40 artists, now that I know it's that it's in conjunction with CGS, <coughs> I, I have to consider it at least. So if, if it is financially feasible for me to do so without someone else's assistance, <laughs> then uh, I will definitely try and be there. Hmm. And maybe I can, you know, finagle... Dan or Jim into giving me a quick tour of New York City at some point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you'd be so close, you you would have to. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, that I was thinking about it the other day, and yeah, I said that there's no way I'd go be that close to New York City and not go. And I really want to experience firsthand. <laughs> but if I am that close and I don't go in any capacity, that's kind of ridiculous. It's because some some of my dream vacation is better than none. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's, there's that. Uh, and uh, I guess I might as well ask the question that the listeners are asking. If you guys are both going, lantern cast table? <sighs> no. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I don't think we could get one, honestly, because I think the way they run Wild Pig is, like, it's by invite. Okay. So. I, I mean, I, I think if we, if we really wanted to, you know, go for it, I think we could get one. Um, but what it comes down to is that, like, I'm not really sure of the, the dynamic of Wild Pig as a show. Um. You know, like, for Super Show, like, I'll, I'll go for a table every year forever from now on. <laughs> and I will, you know, I will put something amazing at that table regardless every single time. You know, no matter what, everything, every time. But for any other show, it's like each show is, you know, different. And if you don't know the, the tone of the show, then, you know, how do you cater to that tone? <clears throat> Yeah, like I'm going in kind of expecting it to be what it's been, just longer. 
Yeah, and like, so I mean, if it ends up being being more than that, then awesome. If not, you know, I'm not gonna be disappointed because like I go, I've been going back to it whenever I can already. So I obviously like what they do, but like, yeah, I don't know. Just have to play it by ear and see what happens. Uh, what you call it, Dan? Now, yes. I believe a week prior to the Wild Pig Convention is Mocha in the city. Is that right before that? I believe okay. so. Uh, I'm almost positive it's like the weekend before. It might be two weekends before, but I'm pretty sure it's just the one. Is that something that you would consider going to? Maybe. Like I, I mean, I stand by like like Mocha three, maybe three years ago. Like whenever they move, whenever uh their last year in the Flatiron Building was, I think it was the year before that. Right. Like, that was one of the best con experiences I've ever had. I loved it. And, like, but it's always been, like, Mocha's always kind of waxed and waned for me. Like, some, like, if I happen to be off, I'll go to it kind of show. Yeah. Uh, but it's the kind of thing where, like, okay, if I want to get, get, uh, one or two days off to go to Wild Pig. Yeah. And Mocha's the weekend right before Wild Pig. I might not be able to get both. Right. So I I would at this point I would definitely pick Wild Pig over Mocha, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm debating because I I think I went the first year that it was in the armory. It was either the first year or the second year. Um and I loved it. I mean, it's so different from any yeah. other convention that I've been to. Um I, I like the layout of the flat iron building better though. Like I like the multiple rooms thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I could care less about the layout. I mean, oh. it, the, the layout of the, of the armory was fine, um, but but like I said, there's just there's so many different things. Um, it's it's very unique and it's a lot of fun. So I would like to go to that. Although, you know, I, I'd rather not go solo. Yeah. Well, I'll now, let you know. Now, are we all also maybe considering heroes? I think at this point I am no longer considering it. Oh, really? Okay. Why? Uh, just, you know, money situation and scheduling and whatnot as far as cause now I'm, you know, looking for a, a, new, a new place to live. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> now, when is it again? The end of July, uh, June. Yeah, like, because if... If I can't make it to the Wild Pig thing, Heroes at that date is more financially feasible, so... Yeah, yeah, honestly, like, and that's what I was thinking when you were talking about that, like, I would almost... Like, I've never been to Heroes, I've never been to the part of the country Heroes is in, but I would almost probably recommend saving up and going to Heroes instead. Right. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go to Heroes, because, like, I've been... I laid it all out, like, because I was still trying to figure out, okay, Heroes or Fan Expo. And just in terms of cost, like, Heroes would cost, like, half as much to do as Fan Expo would. Just in terms of, like, getting everything together and getting there kind of thing. Like, like okay, I'd like to go to Canada eventually, but I'm going to put it off the table for at least this year. Yeah, Dan, don't rely on me, but let's let's 
you and I possibly figure out if if we're both going to Heroes, maybe splitting a hotel room or something like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or and, and you know if even if I don't go, we need to figure out a way to get you a a, a press pass. Yes, yes. No, I was looking around their website and they said something about you know. I think I don't know when spring is, but they said like. Like information on that stuff, like tickets and whatever is coming like around the beginning of spring. So I'm gonna keep checking their website yeah. for that because that's a, that's one of the factors that I, like I when I did my math for like how much each of these cons would cost, I purposely left out ticket price because I'm just kind of hoping <laughs> that I'll get a press pass. <laughs> I'll be like, come on, yeah. you gave it to Chad. Come on, yeah, yeah just just get with me. I can sweet talk him into it. Are we still Chat. recording? Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll probably cut the sweet talk part out. We should probably uh we close this episode out. Yeah. Yeah, let's leave all this in. That's fine. Yes. Uh, uh, somebody do the closing. If you'd like to contact <laughs> us It's we'll we'll trade off chat, we'll trade off things. Uh it's lanterncast at gmail dot com. Or we all have our own individual emails at Chad. Jim, Dan, Jason, or James at LanternCast.com. You can follow us on Facebook, search LanternCast. Or you could do the same thing on Twitter and follow us there. Also, search LanternCast. Uh, we have a forum on TheComicForums.com. Scroll down, it's alphabetical to L for LanternCast. And when the forum's down, we have a temporary forum, which the link is at the bottom of our website page. Oh, fuck. It's my turn. Uh, we... <laughs> Hang on. I gotta find it. We have We're a phone iTunes. number. We have a phone... No, don't you step on my toes. We have a phone <laughs> number. That's 7... Lantern. 708-Lantern. 708-Lantern. It, it came to me. It's 708-Lantern. <laughs> and we're also on iTunes, so pop on over there and you can download us there. And if you have the time and are willing to do so, please leave a review. That helps increase the visibility of the show on iTunes whenever you search for lantern-related podcasting. And we know you do often. <laughs> <laughs> we know you have a lot of choices when it comes to listening to a Green Lantern podcast. We want to thank you for listening to the Lantern Cast. <laughs> uh, and do not forget to vote for our best of 2011. Yeah. Okay. That went reasonably well. I like that. <laughs> Can I... We, we woke up Jim at the last part of the episode. What? Like, Where what? am I? Who are you? What's going on? Are we ready to record? <laughs> okay. I had this awful dream. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night.